Well, I was diagnosed with peripartum postpartum cardiomyopathy um, on the 11th of November, 1999. Wow. I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh. So I, I was diagnosed 11 days before she was born. Oh, wow. Welcome to the Power Within podcast. I'm your host, Nat Adams. Today, I interview Kelly. Kelly went through a high-risk procedure of having a heart transplant. This in itself is very scary and comes with a lot of uncertainty. But on top of that, Kelly found out that she was having heart issues just 11 days prior to giving birth to her daughter. Now, 22 years on, this amazing lady shares her story with me. I'm sure it's one you'll enjoy. And if you do enjoy my episodes, please follow and share them. It would really help me out and I'd appreciate it greatly. Sit back and enjoy this podcast with Kelly. To begin with, thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Kelly. I really appreciate it. It's okay. So tell me a little bit about yourself, you know, because I know that you've had a heart transplant a few years ago, but before we get into that, Tell me a bit about um, who you are and, and, you know, what do you like doing? Okay, so my name is Kelly Ward. Um, I'm 48 this year, so 47 at the moment. Um, been married for 28 years this year. Um, sorry, 29 years actually this year. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. yep, got one beautiful daughter. Gorgeous. Um, yeah, she will be 24 this year. Oh, wow. So I work as a carer in an aged care facility. Excellent. I've been doing that for the last 14 and a half years. So, yeah. You're a caring soul then. <laughs> Very, and, yes. and so do you, do you live in the southwest like myself in, in Western Australia? Yes, I'm in Australia. I live in Bellevue, which is the Midland area. Okay, excellent. Yeah. All right. So I... Um, got given your name through uh, another heart transplant um, recipient, uh, Michelle, who I'm actually going to yes. be speaking to later on in the week. But yes. I have interviewed already um, Marta. Did you have you met Marta as well? No, not yet. I haven't. No, no. Okay. So you had a heart transplant 20 years ago. Is that correct? It'll be 22 years in April. 22. Wow. So how did that all come about? Tell me. Tell me that story. Well, I was diagnosed with peripartum postpartum cardiomyopathy um, on the 11th of November, 1999. Wow. I was pregnant with my daughter. Oh. So I was diagnosed 11 days before she was born. Oh, wow. I woke up one, I think it was about the 9th, 8th of, yeah, about the 8th or the 9th of November, feeling unwell, couldn't breathe, coughing up blood. Doctors thought I'd had a massive chest infection, got worse, and then went back to the doctor and he put me straight into the adult special care unit at King Edward. Yeah. And from there they sent me for, like, lung tests and scans and everything like that, and then the very last test they did was an echo and found the left side of my heart was not good. Oh, wow, really? This is while you were almost at the point of having a baby? 
Yep, 11 days before she was delivered. So what happens in that case? Because you can't go into surgery or did they bring on the pregnancy? Are they labour? Sorry. No, I was already booked in to have a cesarean with my daughter, Chelsea. Yeah. Um, so that was already booked in for the 22nd of November. So I went from King Edward to ICU at Royal Perth. Yeah. I stayed in Royal Perth for a few days. Uh, then I went up to one of the wards in Royal Perth when I left there on the 22nd of November, had Chelsea at Royal Perth. Yeah, lucky a cesarean actually when you think about it because yeah. your heart wouldn't have coped with um, going through labour. No. So mm. all the team from King Edward came over. Um, Chelsea was delivered at Royal Perth in the theatres there. Mm. Um, Chelsea went back to King Edward for the night. I stayed at Royal Perth the night oh. so they could keep an eye on me. Then the following day I headed to King Edward and I was there for about a week and then came home. Yeah, because you've got to wait. There's that process, of course, to wait for a heart transplant, isn't there? So, And also getting yeah. yourself ready for it. Well, at that stage I was not listed. All right. I didn't know anything about heart transplant then. No. Um, it wasn't until I had actually gone and seen the cardiologist and that side of things where they just said to me, you know, this was going to be the next step. So that was a big Big shock. Yeah, I bet it was. Huge. Yeah, that was a huge shock to myself. Wow. And the family. Yeah, we definitely. Were all, we were all kind of a bit dumbfounded. <laughs> I could imagine. I mean, what did your husband, how did he cope with all of this? Struggled. He ended yeah. up moving back home with his mum because wow. in March 2000, I ended up going into hospital with low blood pressure. Mm. And they put me into hospital and I had a cardiac arrest on one day. Wow. And then moved me from the ward to the coronary care unit at Royal Perth. Yeah. And um, on the Friday I had, yeah, I rested quite a few times. Jeez. Um, yeah, had to use the little paddle paddles on me quite a few times. Wow. So that night I had a visit from the cardiac surgeon and I ended up on one of the left ventricular assist device, one of the mechanical heart pumps. All right. And I was on that for 388 days until I got the transplant. 388 days? Correct. So So were you you in hospital that whole time? I was pretty much in and out, yeah. I'd go home for a week, then I'd go back, and then sometimes I'd be in for a couple of weeks with infections with the sites and oh my gosh wow and then you and you're a new mother I just gosh Chelsea was four months old when I went back into hospital in November yep she was yeah sorry she was born November and then you went Um, back in in March I think went back in in March yeah and yes I was in and out so Bradley ended up moving back home with his mum so because she could look after Chelsea for me Wow. While he still went to work, while I was in hospital. Wow. How hard is that on your mental health? You've got a newborn that all you want to do is spend time with your newborn, but, you know, your health is, you know, priority because that, that's yeah. so important. How, how did you cope with that mentally? Not very well. No. No, I was in hospital and, you know, my baby's at home and, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any support at the hospital? Did they give you counselling or any support to help you get through? 
Oh, like I had the support of the family. Yeah, that's important. Um, you know, they had a um, a counsellor there, but I mean, I really only speak to her when I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, and I guess um, your your mother in law would have been bringing uh, Chelsea up to see you in the hospital. That's probably gives you some hope. That's your focus, isn't it? Just get myself better so I can go home and be with my baby. Yeah. So. Um, Bradley's mum would come up a couple of days a week with Chelsea. Then Bradley would go to work, come home from work, pick Chelsea up and come up to the hospital most nights. Yeah. Um, and then my mum would bring her up on the weekends. Yeah, okay. Oh, nice. So your did your mum live nearby? Um, my mother-in-law lives in Bayswater and my okay. mum lives in Guildford. Okay. Oh, that's good. So you had support from? Yes, yep. Yeah. You had yeah. lots of family support, yep. Because I imagine that's probably one of the things that kept you going and keep. And when you look back now, in hindsight, was probably a very crucial part of you keeping things together, having family support and someone by your side. Correct. Yes. Yeah, without that, I don't know where I would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So three hundred and eighty-eight days with a mechanical heart. Yep, and so the 18th of March 2000 to the 10th of April 2001. Wow, okay. Because you, you did say you weren't always in the hospital, you'd be able to go. So how big is a mechanical heart? Like I, do you have it attached to the outside of you or is it inside or like yes. how's it? It's inside. So, like it's- so the the um the one that I was on, it was a pump that would sit on the outside of your stomach wow. and you had a couple of tubes that would go into your heart and that pump was connected to oh you would say it was like twice the size of a three times size of a briefcase really yeah so I imagine you wouldn't be able to do a lot once you're actually home like no no. I mean you were connected to that 24 hours a day seven days a week yeah it's not like you can go and do a a normal day in you know with going to play group and um, no, taking your child to the park or anything like that, you, no, you wouldn't have been you had, able to do. No, you had to have someone with you as well. That oh, you, really? You know, always, yeah, always had to have somebody with you when I was on the machine, yep. So who was that person? When I was at home, it was um, Bradley's mum. Yeah, okay. Um, or was most of the other time I was in hospital. Yeah, wow. And um, I used to go out with my mum and stuff. She used yeah. to pick me up in the morning, used to take me to work with her and I used okay. to do some work with her and work, at, you know, just kept my mind on something else. Yeah, definitely. I, yeah, always had to have somebody with me. Right, wow. And so then after 388 days, what was it like to find out that there was um, a heart that was suitable for you? Well, from the time I went on to the pump, I in August I actually got offered a heart. Okay. But because I had too many antibodies with having the kids, mm. I the when they did the testing, their my heart, my, my blood with their blood just spat it out because it was too much, going to be too much rejection side of on that side of things. Okay, my, I would have rejected it straight away because um, there's too many antibodies. Right. So that one fell through. Then I um, got offered another one, and that wasn't a match either. So it was third time lucky. Oh, wow, really? So, yeah, the 10th yeah. vocal. 
So were you at home when they made that phone call and said, we've got another one? I guess you're still like, oh, gosh, is this one going to be the right one? You didn't really, after two already not going through, I guess well, you weren't. that day my husband decided to say he wanted to go and have a game of golf. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so here I am driving the golf buggy around. And oh, you weren't. <laughs> and a friend of mine kept texting me and Bradley kept saying to me, is that your page you're going off? And I'm like, no, I wish it was, I wish it was. Then I came home that night. My sister had dropped Chelsea, my daughter, off, and she left. And about ten minutes later, I actually got the phone call oh, saying there was a heart available. So, so then what? What's the process then? You just get rushed straight into hospital. Yes. So pretty much, you go to the hospital, um, and then they you go through and do all the tests that they need to do. And if it's all good, then off to theatre you go. Wow. So how old is Chelsea by this stage? She would have been almost two, is that right? Chelsea was 18 months old when I got the transplant. Yep. Oh, gosh. So then you've gone into hospital, you've um, met the doctors, I guess, and what kind of process is involved? I mean, it was 22 years ago, so I'm sure it sounds like you can remember everything like it was yesterday. Um, yeah. What process happens once you arrive at the hospital? Is it just, okay, there's no time to spare, you need to just get straight into surgery? Okay, so when I went in, normally you you go up to the ward and they take you from the ward. I ended up going to ICU because they did a plasma freeze where they took my, um, they tried to clear out as many antibodies as I had Mm -hmm. so I could go in for the heart transplant. Yeah. Um, which my family weren't allowed her in ICU at that point in time. Mm. So later on that they come and saw me before I went in, then it would have been about half past eight, the anaesthetist come in and saw me and said, we'll take you down about nine o'clock at night. And I said, okay. Gosh. So the nerves started to really kick in then. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Were you a bit scared? I was, yeah. Yeah. Because didn't know, see. It was either I was going to come out with one or I was going to come back out with the bed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, about 9 o'clock I got wheeled into theatre and had a chat with my surgeon before I went to sleep and then, yeah, woke up the next morning. And so when you woke up, what, what were, can you remember what your first thoughts were? Well, this might sound a bit funny, but <laughs> I I actually looked at my, my mum was there and my husband was there and I actually looked at my husband and I don't know what it was, but something clicked to me that he actually had a golf day booked through work that day. <laughs> uh, because I had the breathing tube down my throat, I actually spelt out the word golf with my finger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I sent him to golf for the day. Oh, you didn't? Really? You just <laughs> had a heart transplant and you told him to go to golf? I did. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You're an amazing my mom, wife. <laughs> mom, my mum was there, so what that did, was all right. Was she looking at you going, why? Because yeah, I, was, I, was, I was pointing to Bradley and mum said, are you trying to say? And there's Stage I had the still had the tube down my throat. Yeah, and um, I and I said yes, I'm trying to, and, and um, yeah, so that's what I did. So yeah, we went to. Did you ever let him live that down? <laughs> nope, never. No, I wouldn't have either. Like, I know I told you to go, but honestly, <laughs> I just had a heart transplant. Holy yep. moly! Wow. And so, how long do you stay in hospital after having a heart transplant? Everybody is different. Okay. Um, I, I rejected within the first 24 hours, which oh, they knew really? was going to happen. 
did they? So, yeah, they knew it was going to happen. Yep. So that was all good. That because um, your antibodies were high. Yes. Yep. Right. Okay. And then my mum was in one day, and she actually said to them at the hospital, "You know, keep an eye on Kelly because I was starting to turn a bit color, a different mm. color." Mm. So they said, yeah, no worries. But then when my mum came back, she said I was the, my head was the size of three times the size of what it is now and I was the colour of a blueberry. Oh. All the veins in my neck clotted. Uh-oh. So they had to rush me off to um, the cath lab and get rid of the clot out of my neck. Oh, wow, really? So, yeah. Gosh, it was quite a process then. So how long did it take you till you actually started to recover? From all of this and feel like you had your life back again uh <laughs> well then i like because every week you go in and you have your biopsies done to see if there's any signs of rejection yeah i all my biopsies come back with a sign of rejection so it was maybe about june i ended up having radiation wow on, on my lymph glands right. and, um like in my groin area and underneath my arms so what's that just to stop you from your body from rejecting it? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I was actually a guinea pig at Royal Perth. I was the very first person to have it done. Really? So and touch wood, it worked. Wow. So it almost um, reduces your own immune response. Yep. So then you, I imagine you've got to be quite careful now with um, being around other sick people to make sure you don't catch anything and and. Do you have to keep yourself super healthy? I mean, you know, you just live a normal life. Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, you just live a normal life, so. I I had written down in my notes to ask you, did you have any complications? But you certainly did. Gee. (laughs) (laughs) So so do you still have to go back for checkups? Uh, Twice a year. Twice a year, okay. Has it always been like that because of the? No, when, when you first get your transplant and you're in there, like you do a gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then your biopsies are on a Wednesday and then the clinic was on a Thursday. So it was pretty much that up to the first maybe six to 12 months. Okay. And then then it um, reduces. Right. So, yeah, I've been on twice a year for quite a while now. Okay. So what do you do? When, is, do you still have to have a biopsy when you go back for these twice yearly no. visits? No. no. Okay. No. No. Your biopsy stop after 12 months. Right, okay. It, well, I mean, everybody's different. Okay. Um, you know, my transplant could be different to what Michelle's is and, you know, everybody's transplant is different. Yeah, so they just judge transplant it. is the same. Everybody's on different medications. Yeah. Um, everyone's on different doses. So well, everybody's body's different. Yep, not everybody's transplant is the same. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. And so this is a question I actually asked Marta because um, I had listened to a podcast recently that said um, a lot of people when they have um, happy memories or trauma or anything in their life, they they kind of hold memories within their heart, like as if the heart's a second brain. So I asked Marta this, and I'd love to ask you this question. Did you take on any characteristics from your donor or did you have any memories that might have come through the heart that weren't your memory? Have you noticed anything like that? Um, The only thing I may notice is I'm a bit more emotional towards things. Okay. But other than that, that's it. 
That's it. Yeah. And I mean, that could have even been the experience of, you know, everything you went through, um, making you a little bit more emotional, but yeah. Did yeah. you, did you ever find out who the heart transplant was? Or I think they, Marta no. said to me, they can't tell you, can they? Um, no, they're not no. allowed to tell you. The no. only way you would ever know is if you get, if you write to the donor family okay. and if they respond and they want to meet you, then yes. Um, I did that a few times, but you didn't I, hear um, from I them. Stopped, so yeah, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. To uh, actually have had all of that happen at the point of being pregnant, and then having to have the heart transplant when your child is still so young, that's a massive challenge. I mean, are you naturally quite a positive person? Yes, I am. Yeah. So, do you think that helped you? get through thinking positively and I know you said the support around you was important but your mindset must have been quite positive it was yeah Yeah. it was like okay I can't give up I've got a daughter at home that needs me so yeah and a husband yeah definitely does he still play golf (laughs) every now and again (laughs) (laughs) when you let him Oh, he can go play golf whenever he wants to play yeah, golf. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, you let him do it when you're the day you had a heart transplant. So goodness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How funny. I mean, what a what an amazing story to yeah, I can't even imagine what it would have been like all those years ago. And I'm I'm sure that time's probably made it heal a bit for you, the trauma, but um do you, do you think that sometimes you still hold on to that? Is it is it does it ever affect you in other ways that whole process of what you went through, or do you think you cope with it quite well and you've moved on? I think I cope with it pretty well, yeah. And um, as I said, you know, live a normal life now. Um, just and you've got to you've got to get on with life. You know, yeah. you, you can't sit there and dwell over. You know, that, true. You know what's happened and what hasn't happened and that side of things. So yeah, um, yeah. It's, Live life. Did they ever find out why you actually um, had the heart problems in the first place? Is it genetic or it was just unfortunate? My my mum was diagnosed maybe 11, 10, 11 years ago now, I think it was, with cardiomyopathy and so was my uncle. Okay. So um, we've never actually had the genetic testing done, but, yeah, we're pretty much certain that, yeah. Connection there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think my being the pregnancy brought mine on. So yeah. Okay. Probably. Exactly. Is that why? Did you ever think of having more children, or that were you told no, it's best not to? I was kind of told, yeah. Mm. Um, if I did, it would be either fatal for myself or my child. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. No, that makes sense. Excellent. I do have. I do actually have another child. Okay. Yeah, um, his name's Nathan. He was born in 1998. Yeah. And um, I actually lost him when he was 10 days old. Oh, no, really? Yeah. So, oh. yeah. Was he, was he ill or what happened there? My um, placenta erupted. Oh, so no. I came away from the wall. So, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. You have yes. uh, been thrown a few challenges <laughs> in your life, Kelly. Yep. Um, hats off to you for staying so positive. Do you think you'd have to have another heart transplant in years to come? Like how long does the heart transplant last for? Is it one that, you know, hopefully forever? Nobody knows how long it's no. been a string. Well, okay, know? yeah. And everybody's different. 
Everybody's different. Which is why you have your yearly checkups. Yep. And, you know, you went through so much trouble in the start getting it. It sounds like um, you deserve to have one without trouble from now on, (laughs) I think. (laughs) Yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Exactly. So do you have like a little heart celebration, like almost like a birthday every, every time the date comes around as to, you know, when you had that heart transplant? What did you say was in April? Yes, uh, I know. If I, depending on what I'm doing, whatever, I, I might just go out for dinner or lunch <laughs> or something like that with my husband. So yeah, yeah, sort of the beginning of your new life, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was start of a new life, really. Have so, Have you got any like life lessons or from all of these challenges that you've been through? Have you got any words that you'd like to say to the listeners that in, could inspire them to stay positive even when they're going through these hard times, just from your experience of going through hard times? Look, as long as you've, you've, as long as you've got the strong family support, mm. um, you know, and you know, at the end of the day you do what is best for you and, you, you know, once you've got your family support and of friends as well, everything will turn out good. Yeah, that's right. Can. Yep. Yeah, so just make sure that you've got support around you because that is definitely, um, we all need that, don't we? Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're an amazing woman, hey? Like the, I, I know what it's like just having children and coming home and being a, a new mum for the first time. Yep. That's uh, hard enough in itself, let alone having to deal with um, having to look to have a heart transplant. I just can't imagine well you know what it's something that you would never ever think you would have to go through in your life I can tell you when I actually got told I needed that I I was in shock I was in total shock yeah I was yeah total total shock I bet you were it was like am I hitting this right Yeah, and then so then your cortisol, and you're not sleeping that well anyway because you've got a newborn, and then your cortisol levels will be so high because of the stress you're going through. So no wonder it took so long for those antibodies to come down um, because you've just gone through some trauma, the shock of that. Yeah. No, well done, you. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. That's all right. No problems at all. After I finished this podcast, I thought of many other questions I could have asked Kelly, but I did speak to her and she has agreed to come back for a part two. So if you have any questions for her and anything you'd like me to ask, please send me an email at info at entireliving.com.au. So that's info at entire, E-N-T-I-R-E, living.com.au. And remember, if you have a story that you'd like to share, please contact me at that email address. I'd I'd love to have you as a guest on our podcast.